Welcome to a Mental Moment Podcast with Jaya and C. As two women podcasters that stress the importance of vulnerability, it's only right we end this incredible season with a two-part episode on learning how to uphold boundaries with family and friends. On today's episode, we're so honored to chat with Dalicia Hampton Banner as we dive deep into learning how to uphold these boundaries, especially when it comes to the mother-daughter dynamic. Does any of this ring a bell? <laughs> it definitely does to us. It's time to have a mental moment with Jaya and C. Tune in now. You don't want to miss it. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Take a breather before you blow it. Don't hold it in. Posture or pretend. Just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. Take a second and you'll notice. Free your time, ease your mind, stay in tune with what's brewing inside a mental moment. moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. moment. A mental moment. moment with Jaya and C. All right. Hello to our listeners and Dalicia. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me and for saying mm-hmm. my name right. Yes, you're so welcome. <laughs> so welcome. I get how that can be that can go. But today we're going to be talking about, and this is like one of my favorite like topics, but learning how to uphold boundaries, Mm. whether that's with family, with friends, with, I mean, just whomever. Everybody. You got to have boundaries with everybody. Even in marriages, people think you can be married and just like never have boundaries. You got to have boundaries in every relationship. Right. Because we're constantly changing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what we may have like went into starting out. We may not like, and you know, we may not want that to happen, or we may right. not want that to be part of our, like us mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. forward. So, with that being said, we're just gonna hop right into it. So, I don't know, like, Dalicia, tell us, like, what came to mind when you heard about this particular episode, or what so does it mean for you? So, you know, I talk about boundaries and family stuff like all day. That's, you know, pretty much my specialty, especially when it comes to moms and daughters. So immediately Mm. what comes to mind is is moms and daughters, just Mm because that's the work that I'm entrenched in. But, you know, further, like I said, I think you have to have boundaries in every single relationship that you're in because they honor you and they honor the other person. And when I think about moms and daughters, a lot of times it's hard for the moms to hear that they have to have boundaries with their daughters. And, you know, specifically as someone ages, the boundaries are going to change. So clearly we don't have the same kind of boundaries we do with a newborn as we do a 27 year old. And a lot of people stay stuck on those boundaries they had with the newborn and their child is out here 50 and, you know, they still treating them like a child. So that's really what comes to mind is like how how difficult it is, especially in the black family to Mm -hmm. exercise Mm -hmm. boundaries and not be called names like bougie or you think you all of that or you know all of these labels or don't forget where you came from Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) or you're ungrateful that's another Mm -hmm. one you're not ungrateful for setting boundaries like what yeah (laughs) that doesn't make any sense oh this about to be a good episode Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all the things that are swarming around in my mind right now Mm -hmm. cool okay what about you jaya there's so many things that rest i don't know this this particular episode came right on time because I resonate with all of that so, so much. And so, I mean, in terms of boundaries, I would say boundaries can be hard, you know, because mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, we're in a season where we're trying to elevate and grow and like just just change who we are and how we operate. And sometimes people don't like that. 
And so, you know, you have to grow that confidence within yourself to be okay with those uncomfortable moments, but also remember to like, you're not wrong for upholding those or, you know, creating those boundaries. Cause a lot of people make you feel like, make you feel bad about it. And then Mm -hmm. you're questioning yourself, like, was I harsh? Was I, you know, was that the right thing to say? So for me, I would say boundaries, you know, can be hard, can be uncomfortable, but like with that comes comes consistency. So remember, like you just have to be consistent for you to be comfortable with obtaining those boundaries. And they're always going to seem harsh, you know, like I've never set a boundary that was comfortable, even though I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable mm. setting boundaries. It's always awkward. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, just knowing that like that just comes as a part of it. Just like with women, like we know that when we wear heels, they're bound to hurt after a certain amount of time in the mm-hmm. heels, no matter who made them, how much they cost, whatever mm-hmm. the case, it's going to hurt. That's just a mm-hmm. part of being a heel. Part of being a boundary setter is that it's going to be awkward and it's going to be uncomfortable, especially right. with people who don't have boundaries of their own because they won't yeah. understand yours. Yeah. Yes. That makes me mm-hmm. think about myself when I thought about this episode about upholding boundaries. I don't think I've defined boundaries in certain relationships and then got upset because there weren't boundaries in those relationships so it was a matter of like okay let me define this for myself and then be able to confidently set the boundary for said person whether that's family member or friend and so it was really confusing I think even leading up to kind of crafting this with Jaya it was like okay what is a boundary? How do I put this together? How You know what right. I'm saying? So it's uncomfortable thinking like, well, I mean, we cool and it's okay. Letting things slide was mm-hmm. the status quo until, you know, having conversations and really digging deep into this episode, which we'll be able to unpack of how important it is as you mature, like you were saying, to have those boundaries because you don't want to be treated, you know, how you started in a relationship right. the entire way when you've grown over that period of time. And it also makes me think of, you know, like boundaries themselves are uncomfortable setting them, but then not setting them are uncomfortable too. So then you have right. these yeah. two types of discomfort that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But one of them in my mind is like clean discomfort and the other is dirty discomfort because dirty mm-hmm. discomfort is like, we just create pain for ourselves because we don't right. have, the capacity to articulate what we want, you know, yeah. and things are just dramatic and messy. But mm. clean pain it, or clean, you know, discomfort, discomfort is like I'm setting these boundaries and they hurt, but they're progressing me. So, yeah. you know, I always mm. love to give the delineation between clean and dirty because on our healing paths, it's going to feel difficult just as much as it did when we weren't healing. But it's mm-hmm. important to know that there are different types of pain. I love that. Okay, Yeah, I do too. As you're speaking of clean and dirty discomfort, can you tell us or talk to us about a time where you had to uphold a boundary that may have been difficult, but you understood the payoff was that clean kind of discomfort that you're sharing instead of allowing it to stay dirty? So what comes to mind initially, and you know, I do work with mothers and daughters predominantly, Mm -hmm. and that's really because I have my own draw to that field based on my Mm -hmm. own relationship with my mom and You know, it's been pretty contentious, like, ever since it started. And I'm sure that that has a lot to do with her and my dad because that spills over. But, you know, just really getting to the point. I remember I was in college. It was early college, like maybe freshman year. 
And I was trying to pour everything out to my mom. Like, you know, if she's not happy, I'm going to give her money. I'm going to just always be Mm -hmm. available when she calls. Like, no matter what, I just have to give so that she can be happy. And at some point, I recognized that, you know, no matter how much I give this person, they're still giving me the same feedback. Like, they're still negative. They're still not happy. So literally, like, nothing I do is going to make this person who's insatiable be okay with themselves, okay with me, okay with life. There's nothing I can do. And I realized at that moment that I couldn't give anymore. So the refund checks couldn't keep going back home. I couldn't keep, you Mm. know, offering to go to the movies or take her out to eat and things Mm -hmm. like that because it was nothing but me pouring and nothing being given in return. And I remember it being, you know, very uncomfortable But after a while, for me, it started to really help my insides because I wasn't so insecure because I'm given from this this space where I'm not being reciprocated back from. And I think a lot of times when we think about setting boundaries with people, we always consider, like, are they going to be happy with this? And one thing I had to recognize is, like, you don't have to have a meeting to, you know, consult with the person you're setting boundaries with to make sure the boundaries are okay for them. It's Mm -hmm. really all about your internal mechanisms and like what's going to make you feel solid and safe and able to navigate the rest of the world outside of this relationship in a way that, you know, represents you and keeps you healthy. And when I discovered that, it was like my mom still wasn't happy. She wasn't happy before. She wasn't happy after. But I was on a path where I was capable of achieving that internal wellness that I wanted, which I was not when I didn't have boundaries with her. So I think so many times we use the outside world, the attitudes of the people that we're providing these boundaries for as a barometer to determine if we've done good in setting them. And really, like, you have to be the barometer in turn. Now I'm thinking as the person setting the boundaries to the family member, to the Mm -hmm. friend, it's so easy to be like, well, they didn't like it. So maybe I should change the boundaries so that it can be a win-win situation Mm -hmm. when really it's a boundary set for you. So that Mm -hmm. you can be safe internally. But what is that internal safeness feel like or look like? Because someone may be going through that, you know, process. Mm -hmm. We're imagining that our listeners are going through this process where they're setting boundaries with said person. But then they're trying to not feel that way of like, let me appease the person Mm -hmm. that I'm setting the boundary with. But... I don't know if what I'm feeling is the right feeling or is it a wrong feeling? So what did that feeling feel like for you? Girl, like guilt. So that's the first thing. You know, before you are able to get to the point where it feels good, it's going to feel bad because you're literally detoxing your system of all of these norms that you, you know, kind of taken in from Mm -hmm. them, from insinuations, from things you read online, especially if we're talking about like parents or family members particularly especially moms, because mom is a protected class. So, you know, you get, have all these people that are like, but that's your mom. You need to do this because that's your mom. You only get one yeah. mom. You hear mm-hmm. all of these things. So initially it felt like I'm doing the wrong thing. Like this can't possibly be right. Nobody in the world is telling me that this is okay. Because, right, you know, right. at this point, like I've never even seen anybody talk about mother-daughter relationships besides me. So there was nobody for me when I was navigating all of this on my own. So, you know, it really felt like a lot of second guessing myself. It felt like a lot of I'm being mean, you know, unnecessarily like she don't even know what she did wrong when, you know, really you have to think about like what led you up to that boundary and constantly remind yourself of why you're setting it. And I love what you said initially. You mentioned that 
you have to be consistent with your boundaries. Yeah. And that's so true. I always tell my clients, if you set a boundary and you go back on it, nobody's going to respect it. So mm-hmm. every decision that you make after a boundary has to go back to that boundary. Like it has mm-hmm. to be something that's like the offspring of the boundary. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say initially, like it, you're going to second guess yourself and the thing that you don't want to do is go talk to people who are in opposition of you setting boundaries. Because nine yeah. times out of ten, they're going right. to get in your head. And then you're going to second guess yourself into actually going back on it. So I would say during that time, you know, journaling was very important for me. Constantly, like, affirming myself in the mirror, yeah. out loud. Like, things like, you're doing the right thing. Because I'm really big on breaking generational curses. And I noticed that throughout my family, there was these codependent bonds between mothers and daughters. Or these very like toxic bonds where we just don't even talk. So there's either codependency mm-hmm. or estrangement. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. for me to bridge the gap for that, you know, whether it happens with my mom or it happens with me and my daughter in the future, somebody's gonna have to like put a period at the end of this Straight long up, right? run on toxic sentence. And that has to be me. And the way to do that is a boundary. So I think remembering like what I was fighting for and that it was impossible for me to break the curse without breaking the curse. Mm-hmm. That's what really pushed me mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Man, Ooh, I keep saying mouthfuls. I don't know how to stop talking when I start. So no, <laughs> just no, no. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait, wait. This is so. That's why needed. you're here. It's so needed. It's so. Jaya, go ahead and speak because I, I, Lord, I'm, I'm out of process. <laughs> For real though, like, and I'm not even. I'm not being dramatic, but like, this was just. I mean, all about alignment, and this is totally what I need because, you know, you know, you always tell. You know, we we're always told that therapists need therapists. That we yeah. need to. We need to like you know, get our shit together before mm-hmm. we try to like, you know, help those around us. So I would say for me, for sure, mother-daughter relationship to the T in terms of like just trying to rebuild a healthy relationship yeah. after years of like, I, I mean, maybe toxicity, but definitely like some, it's not, un, it's like not stable, instability, yeah. I would say. But in terms of like what you said, Dalicia, like, it is so important to get in the habit of creating these boundaries, getting in the habit with like yeah. feeling uncomfortable because that's, you know, that's how the, like you said, those roots and things of those generational curses get broken. And like, we can finally, finally, you know, like pass on our seed and they can finally be able to, you know, have a healthy, healthy dynamic with, you mm-hmm. know, with us, their, you know, parents to come and things of that nature. So like, I'm really big on trying to like be a better version of myself, but also to get myself into a position to, you know, practice these healthy things that I, I didn't always see. And that's, that's always, like you said, like that, that was a driver for you. That's also like a driver for me. And <clears throat> like I said, like going back to it, like, it's hard. Like, it's really, really hard. Like I said, because, you know, you've, you feel bad, then you're like going off of, you know, you second guess yourself a lot. But also I want to add, like, it's okay to circle back around too, because again, like when it comes to healing and trying to, you know, build yourself up to make these changes, sometimes it gets a little intimidating when the, when the time comes to for you to actually apply what you're learning. Mm-hmm. So like, it's okay to circle back around if you have, you know, if you have trouble with like actually communicating, it's okay to send a text like, look, okay, this is what I'm not feeling this. This is, you know, kind of made me, you know, feel a certain type of way, that kind of thing. 
And that's another good way to like continue to like if you're if you feel comfortable in the moment to circle back around and not, you know, as opposed to not saying anything. I got a question because as I'm thinking about this, we have listeners who may be in the process of setting boundaries because they're in uncomfortable, unstable relationships or toxic relationships with family and friends, whatever the case may be. But what about the parents or the friends who there is not a discomfortness going on? But you understand before I, I foresee it happening mm. and mm-hmm. I don't want that to become a bump in our relationship or yeah. in our friendship. Like everything is good. Everything is copacetic. But OK, maybe you said a comment that, uh, you know, it's OK yeah. because we're best friends. It's good. But then you realize, OK, I can see that really taking a turn for the worse if I'm not in the right mind. And I don't right. want to go off on you because I love this relationship. But what do mm-hmm. I do? How do I set a healthy boundary where it's like nothing's wrong, but I don't I wanted to keep it where nothing is wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, I love That's that being proactive, you know? Yeah. And I would say I think we just as relationships in general, whether they be friendships or family, we need to get better at like in the moment expressing how we feel. And sometimes yeah. it's hard if you mm, can't identify yes. your emotions or articulate them. But, you know, it, my first go-to would be if something happens and it makes you think, you know, just to tell that person in a moment, well, hmm, I, I really, I have to think about that, but I'm not yeah. sure that that was appropriate for the future, for right now, whatever. Just, mm-hmm. just even letting them know that you're processing something is important, yes. I think. But, you know, an example that comes to mind for me is when my best friend got married, he's a guy. So I have a couple best friends, but the one I've had the longest is a guy and I've known him since I was eight. And mm-hmm. both of us are married. And I remember when he got married, I was like, I don't know, you know, how this is going to go, you know, because yeah, I'm, and granted, like I knew the, the his wife, I knew her, she's always been completely fine. Like she's never had insecurities like some of his girlfriends in the past had. And, you know, of no reason to me, it's just that people tend to trip when you have a best friend of the opposite sex. Uh-huh. And I remember after, the, I think it was after the wedding or maybe like shortly before, I was like, you know, I want to talk to you because nothing's wrong. But like, I don't know how to navigate our friendship after you get married because like you ain't been married before. Yeah, and I yeah. don't want to be disrespectful to you, your spouse, like unintentionally, because like, you know, maybe I'm doing things that just are not appropriate. I don't know what's appropriate. And I remember him opening up to me because I got married like maybe a year and a half before. And he was like, it's so funny you say that because I remember when you first got married, I was telling you know, my at the time fiance mm-hmm. that I I don't even feel comfortable calling her anymore because I don't want to mm-hmm. be calling somebody wife. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what? You know, so yeah. here I am. We're a year and a half yeah. later and he's held on to the fact that he was even wondering how we were supposed to navigate that. And all my friends know I'm the person that like once I feel it, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you might hold on to it, but immediately I'm going to say something. And that was such a a refreshing conversation because we were able to really identify that like nothing had changed for us, but there might be some things that, you know, would be different in the sense Mm -hmm. of maybe at five o'clock you have a spouse that's coming home now and we're not talking after those hours because this is like protected family time. So I think really like knowing what to expect was so important for the both of us so that we wouldn't end up harboring resentment 
when we're not getting our way. You know, maybe I'm texting at six and I don't get a reply until 10 o'clock the next morning. I'm not like, well, you tripping. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, what you suggested, Sierra, is so important. Like just being, having foresight, like I call it really relationship responsibility. Like all of us have responsibilities Mm -hmm. to the relationships that we're in in order to be good stewards of them. And I think proactivity is one of those good stewardship practices to think about, okay, well, I have this going on in my life. How might this impact the relationships I'm in and require them to, you know, fit into a different shape than they have been in the past? And -hmm. I think that that happens at major turning points in our lives, such as marriage or going off to school or, you know, whatever transition periods you can have, you're Mm -hmm. going to change. So naturally everything around you will. And if you don't want people to get left behind, maybe informing them on what you imagine right. the change could be. That's beautiful. That's so Especially good. That, like the growth, because like we started off saying that there, we will grow and mm-hmm. you don't want to be looked at as how you start. Like you gave the analogy of a newborn. You know, when we looked at it, it's like mom's, mom's all little baby all the yeah. time when you're a grown mm-hmm. woman. And just mm-hmm. the same with your friendship. You don't want to be looked at as like the eight year old girl mm-hmm. when you're 28 years old. It was like, bro, Sis, or the unmarried woman when you're not married, you know, like it's it's responsible. And I will say that now we're even closer. Like, I feel like had we not had that conversation, Mm. both of us would have probably acted weird. And the relationship that we had, which was never weird before, would have turned into this really like uncertain terrain. And I knew Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford that because that was such a fulfilling dynamic for me. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, this even is a kind of challenge for the people who are listening or watching, like, are there times where you might have lost the friendship or, you know, a connection with a family member that you can go back in time and consider maybe we should have had a conversation about boundaries and how to navigate this new area and we wouldn't have gotten lost in it. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many times people just get lost in transitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think about that, like, Go ahead. It seemed like you was about to say something, Jaya. Well, no, I, I was going to say like it. I think with that comes self-awareness because, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. we we know we want to say something, but we're too busy thinking about like what the person may think or yeah. stepping on yeah. somebody's toes. But like you said, Dalicia, like, you know, if you feel something, something needs to be said right For then. Sure. And especially if you're in a place of like your message coming across at, you know, in a, you know, on a right. positive note, definitely, you know, address it then. Like that's something I personally, like I have to do. Cause if I don't do it right then and I'm working on that too, but like little, like passive aggressive comments, okay. like I tend to do that, but I'm like, yeah. okay, let me just, let me just address this. Right. Cause it's, it's still stirring, you know, stewing up in my, my spirit. So I think with that, like comes self-awareness, if you feel it and if you know, like, you know, your discernment is pretty keen, like go ahead and, you know, mm-hmm. say it up, be okay with having those uncomfortable conversations. Again, like that's the growth of friendships and relationships right. too. And it doesn't have to come out perfect, you know? It can just just have your first couple of lines and, you know, because you don't know what they're going to say after that anyway. So you really can't plan the whole conversation. I think so many Black women particularly, we operate in like this perfectionist mindset. So if I don't have the whole conversation planned out and I know exactly (laughs) what they're going to say, I'm just not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And there's a beauty and vulnerability that we lose out on because of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which is why this season is all on vulnerability. Oh, <laughs> look at that. I didn't even know. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump into the next kind of segment of this episode, which mm-hmm. is how to navigate through family friend boundaries in the height of 
the holidays. So if you're listening to the episode, we are in the height of, you know, Thanksgiving, um, Christmas holiday, which is definitely right around the corner um, from each other. And it may be difficult to, you know, maybe you've had a boundary that you've set in place with your mom and you're coming back from college and you're just like, damn, now I got to be in front of her and passing her the bread. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there's this kind of, you feel like there's a conflict because I will to your point, Dilicia, that moms just, it's just something about moms. They will always look at us as their babies and not until you create that boundary of like, hey, I am an adult here. I'm 30, whatever Mm -hmm. the age Mm -hmm. is. That's the only way that they are just, and even then it just takes time for them to jump into Mm -hmm. that role mentally where we're already like, okay, I got off my chest. I told her how I felt. So those conversations will be difficult and they may come across as like that guilt feeling that maybe I was wrong Mm -hmm. for saying something to my, you know, elder or, you know, my, you know, whoever fill in the blank. So how can someone in Jaya or Dalicia or both, all three of us, how can someone navigate with family and friends during a time like Thanksgiving where they've already placed those boundaries with certain family members that will be attending dinner with them? Hmm, that's a good one. So yeah. I know when you talked about placing boundaries with family or friends around the holidays, I thought about how many types of boundaries need to be placed around the holidays. So for instance, like financial boundaries comes up because, yes. you know, maybe your responsibilities are different this year and you can't go balling out on everybody like you used to do. You know, so yes. thinking about like those conversations that need to be had. Or just simple respect boundaries. Like, I don't like when you make jokes about me at the Thanksgiving table. You know, that's not cool because those are fighting words or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. So I think it's like, it depends on what kind of boundary it is. But mm-hmm. it sounds like what you're saying is that maybe this person has set them previously and now they're face-to-face with the person that they've set the boundary with, either for Absolutely. the first time or, okay. Mm-hmm. So that makes Now we're sense. in the presence of other people. Mm-hmm. When the boundary tip mates, you know, like to your point of you said something, you usually, you know, talk about my relationships Mm -hmm. or the lack thereof. Right. Or, you know, (laughs) having children or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And maybe you haven't shared with your your mother or whomever that maybe, you know, you maybe you don't want to have children or maybe you can't have children or maybe you don't want to have a, you know, a heterosexual relationship. You know, that that conversation hasn't come up because that takes a level of vulnerability. Right. However, it's like, I got to set this boundary up first before I even right. share the next part to it. And mm-hmm. it does feel uncomfortable when you've already, you know, mentioned something and then they decide, why you ain't married yet? Why you ain't had no children? It's like, oh. Especially when they got an audience. Yes. So exactly. they know they can I'm act saying. up. <laughs> oh my goodness. The yeah, social girl. cues lack. Mm, girl. <laughs> What I would say, and I'm assuming in this situation that conversation, communication is not open. Because, I mean, if it were, then I would suggest having a conversation before we get to Thanksgiving dinner to say, Mm -hmm. just reminding you, (laughs) you know, of that boundary I set and that it still is in effect (laughs) for Thanksgiving. Like, it's not waived for the day or anything. But, you know, in most cases, that doesn't happen. Because generally, you know, if we're having this kind of conversation, it's probably about somebody that's resistant to your boundary. And they're going to use the audience as a ability to go back on it. So, you know, I think that 
<laughs> wow. The the capacity for passive aggressiveness to happen is very high in those moments. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know in your mind, like, I done told this person and they still, oh, I'm about to get them. Like, I can't wait to light them yeah. up. Even right. if light them up means I'm going to leave Christmas or Thanksgiving and never talk to them again. Or you'll yeah. see me on, on spring break or something like that. Mm-hmm. But either way, like, we have the idea of lighting them up in our head. And I think what happens a lot of those times is you start to in, be passive aggressive and other people start to notice that you're being nasty. And then you feel guilty and you go back on your boundary mm. because, you know, you've kind of built up this reputation of sorts that you're angry yeah. and people are asking you what's wrong. And then, so I think to alleviate all of that, like really checking in with yourself about what your expectations for Thanksgiving are. If this right. is somebody that chronically, like historically does not respect your boundaries, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar on the fact that they're not going to. So a lot of times, like there are people in my life, for instance, that have to be in my life because I'm married, so I can't pick everybody that's in my life. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they got to be in my life and they don't know how to how to operate the way that they need to operate. And, you know, in my mind, I always expect those people to be themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, me and my husband even have a system like distress signals. If you see me over there blinking or something like that, like, you know, I'm not OK. And don't you dare leave me in this room. So I would say if you just have like one anchoring person, you know, that Mm -hmm. you can like lock eyes with or walk out and, you know, maybe get some fresh air with that person or even somebody that you're texting and, you know, maybe they're not even a part of your family, but just something to kind of get your mind off of it. Because if you stay intense within that moment, you're going to you're going to disappoint yourself and then you're going to feel guilty because you, like I said, were really nasty with that person. I didn't even think about the passive aggressiveness mm-hmm. that could, the possibilities of things just really we escalating yeah. out of control. I, I never thought about that beforehand. It's like, it's in like the a moment, defense, a defense yeah. mechanism. But like, then it's, it's a defense mechanism, but then people start to be like, why are you so mean? What's wrong with you? And, you know, then yes. we, we yes. want to prove that we're nice. So that's what ends up manipulating us into going back on our mm-hmm. boundaries. So mm-hmm. since, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking about that whole little funnel, like boundary funnel. I know I'm going to make myself mad if I'm nasty to somebody. So how can I stop myself from being nasty? It's self-expression. There's a yeah. saying that depression is lack of expression. So a lot of times when we find ourselves like in our lowest feelings and, you know, that could be anger, sadness, whatever the case may be, is because you haven't expressed yourself. So, you know, even if you have to take the notes app in your phone, I can't stand this MF. Why they playing with me? Like whatever you have to do, Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, just get it out. Or it's mm-hmm. going to come out in those really ugly ways and you're going to feel like you have to prove yourself as being nice. Wow. That's a good tactic. Or that's a good, like, I don't know. That was a good kind of, like, circle back. Because I've never, like, like me too, like, I've never really um, thought of it like that. Girl, I'm about this life. It'd be hard. Listen, <laughs> I got all the tips up. and tricks. I get I it. I get I it. I hear you. I was thinking, too, like, another way to try to kind of, like, prep yourself for you know, like the holidays and things of that nature, like really kind of just standing firm, you know, for those who are comfortable with doing that. So like standing firm and it doesn't necessarily like responses don't necessarily have to come off passive aggressive, but like if you show that confidence and like Mm -hmm. what you're saying, people tend to like catch on to that and they'll kind of like back off. Mm 
Right. So, but of course that with, you know, that comes with time and that, like I said, it comes with confidence, but like standing firm and okay, like I, I don't, I'm not going to answer that. Like, I don't want to answer okay. that or I'm not comfortable. Like it, you know, word it how you want to, but mm, okay. Conf- I get what you're saying. Yeah. Confidence in terms of like standing firm. Like, I don't want to answer that. We can talk about that this another time, right. but I'm not ready That's to, you know, I'm not ready to talk about it. Yeah. And you know, like to, Either family will pick and pro, or they'll kind of just back off, and it'll and then they, now they feel uncomfortable. You just and people be just them. saying stuff like you know on the holidays, <clears throat> and it's really easy to divert comments on the holidays because you just walk away to somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> and then, seriously, you know, and some people when they get drunk they get lit. So uh-huh. you know, first, like I said, I do have people in my life that don't necessarily wouldn't be in there if I wasn't married. And, you know, we have a system like we used to stay at my husband's mom's house. And, you know, one of our rules is like we're not doing that. So we have a hotel every time we go home now. And if I know like, okay, she finna get lit and she be saying some crazy stuff when she get lit. Mm -hmm. And I ain't trying to get into that because I'm trying to keep my husband and I want him to keep his mom. Straight up. What I'll do is I'm observing, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I need to go back to the hotel now. It was just getting good. Tune in next week as we air part two of learning how to uphold boundaries with family and friends. This is Jaya and C with the Mental Moment Podcast. Peace. We thank you for all the continued support and tuning in to Mental Moment Podcast every Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Rate our podcast and leave us a comment of how you enjoyed the show. And as always, join our community on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And until you hear from us again, this is Jaya and C on a Mental Moment podcast. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Take a breather before you blow it. Don't hold it in. Posture or pretend. Just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment. moment. Hey, moment. all you need is a mental moment. Take a second and you'll notice. Free your time. Ease your mind. Stay in tune with what's brewing inside. A mental moment. moment. Hey, moment. all you need is a mental moment. moment. A mental moment. moment. With Jaya and C.